Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of the Let's Build That App podcast. I hope all of you programmers out there are having a fun time working on all of those difficult projects that you've somehow managed to get yourselves into. In today's podcast, hopefully I can give you some type of entertainment during the downtime of, you know, either your commutes, workout routines, or maybe you're currently programming right now and you just need something to listen to. Uh, Whatever the case may be, I really appreciate that you've put aside some time today to listen to my story on when and how I got into programming and what led me to where I am today. Uh, So I want to begin with how I actually got into web graphics first, which really has nothing to do with programming itself. Uh, Basically, I used to be a big fan of Photoshop and design first, you know, learning how to create layers and how to create effects for graphics. Uh, I quickly figured out how to create some great pieces of digital art, and I shared it with one of my really good friends who, you know, he was also into Photoshop as well, uh, but his design skills were on a whole nother level, and I was really never able to catch up with him. So... After playing around with Photoshop for about a year, I started getting into animations with Flash. And then way back in the day, it was really difficult to create animations with any other type of software. Uh, I think at the time it was called Flash MX 2004 and it was still using ActionScript 2.0. What you see in the modern browser nowadays uh, uses ActionScript 3. So uh, getting somewhat proficient with how to use the actual Flash software package, I started scouring the web for anyone that was looking for animations to be made. Uh, I posted a lot on design forums, you know, just to get feedback and critique on my work. And I was 18 or 19 years old at the time, so I didn't really care too much about, you know, being judged. Eventually, after many different postings, I was contacted by someone for a quick job that paid about $50. Mind you that at 19 years old in 2004, $50 was actually a lot of money. And considering that I was going to get paid to do something that I already enjoyed doing, uh, I thought it was a really good opportunity. So the requested piece of work was a short 15 second animation consisting of, you know, three images in a slideshow of some sort. You know, each image was to be faded to the next and it also had to seamlessly loop back to the first image after the 15 second animation. Uh, Some of the ads that you see on the internet today will kind of use this template as well. Uh, So working on this little task didn't involve a lot of coding. Uh, I think I had a couple of lines that told the animation which frame to go to next, uh, but that's about it in terms of actually coding. Uh, Nonetheless, this was my first paid gig that involved scripting with a programming language. Now, knowing absolutely nothing about programming at the time, uh, I wanted to create my own game using the basic Flash skills that I had learned over that short period of time. And so my next challenge came when I entered an online game creation contest. And so at the time, there was a huge Flash tutorial website called karupa.com that I pretty much visited every day. So I think it was a great opportunity for me to get some exposure inside of the Flash scene. Uh, The game I eventually used as my submission to this contest was very similar to DDR, which uh, if you are old enough, uh, DDR is a game that is called Dance Dance Revolution, and a lot of games have kind of spun off of it. But uh, instead of using your legs in DDR, uh, my game, you would actually have to use the keyboard keys. 
So for example, I had little arrow graphics animate from the bottom of the screen all the way past the very top of the screen. So basically an arrow scrolling from the bottom all the way to the top. And the point of the game is to tap on a correct arrow key. Uh, and the game would actually give you a score if you tapped on the arrow key at the correct time uh, when that arrow was in a, the correct slot. Uh, if you're having a hard time visualizing what the game is, just basically uh, it's Guitar Hero using the keyboard instead of a physical guitar. And the concept and the programming logic involved wasn't overly complicated. Uh, basically, it would create a new arrow block using some kind of timer and then have it animate its Y position all the way off the screen. And so upon tapping an arrow key whenever the user decides to input something, uh, I would have to evaluate the Y position of the arrows on the screen and actually go through all the elements that was currently in the game to actually verify whether or not the user tapped on the right key at the right time. So this was my first introduction into looping through a list of items and also how to use if statements inside of a program. And so because there were already a lot of tutorials on this type of stuff, uh, it actually wasn't that hard for someone like me without any type of programming background to put it all together. All right, so having built out the game over a couple of days or maybe even a week of my summer vacation, uh, I was ready to submit my entry to this game creation contest. Uh, however, I didn't realize that I was missing a big piece of the game, which was to actually keep track of the scores for all the users that actually played. And so keep in mind that back then, all the way back then in 2004, uh, we didn't have access to fancy cloud technologies such as AWS from Amazon or Firebase from Google. And basically I had to keep track of everything manually by either inserting data into some kind of SQL database, which uh, that's something that I had no idea how to do at the time. And uh, the other option was to just keep all of these scores in some kind of flat XML file. And uh, back then, uh, JSON wasn't really a huge thing, so Flash didn't have pure native JSON support. Okay, so it's safe to say that this was kind of my first major roadblock that I encountered in programming. Uh, for example, I was totally new to the concept of storing a public XML file online somewhere and then parsing it to read the scores back for each player, inserting new scores as new players would play the game, and then somehow at the very end, rank the top scores to show who was actually leading. So as usual, I tried to Google as much as I could to search for different ways of implementing score tracking using XML. And after many, many different attempts, some good and some not so good, uh, I was able to actually first store just a couple of new lines of text in a raw file. And then next, I learned how to store that data using XML tags to keep track of usernames that would belong to each of the scores of the players. And then finally, I had to put it all together and figure out how to read all the scores back from this raw XML file for the high score screen inside of my game. Now, all in all, I believe this took an additional three to four days or maybe even a week to learn how to do. And looking back on this very small feature, I think if I were to do it all over again, it would probably take an hour or two using something like JSON instead, which I think is much, much easier. And so in the end, uh, I didn't win the competition. I wasn't even ranked in the top three. 
However, none of that really mattered to me so much. Uh, what was really important was the first-hand experience that I got from creating something totally from scratch. And having a few hundred people actually test out my game was really what I was after. Uh, so I worked on you know several updates to include music to the game and even fancier graphics, which was you know a lot of fun. I really started to fall in love with programming after I figured out how to combine visual design with game logic, creating a super super fun experience that users would actually enjoy. I think it's very important for every programmer out there to have a reason for why they love programming so much. All right, so that wraps it up for today's podcast. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be pushing out the brand new course on how to create a podcast application that allows you to search for available podcasts from the iTunes store and play it back on your iOS devices. This course is gonna be jam-packed with a ton of features such as background audio playback, downloading podcasts for listening to while you are offline, dragging and dropping a floating audio player from the bottom of the screen to the very top, and you know much, much more. Uh, if you're interested in taking the course or learning more about it, you can head over to letsbuildthatapp.com slash course slash podcast. There's going to be a video demo of all the features that we'll build out, as well as a free lesson on how to tackle such a large and sophisticated project from beginning to end. Uh, the link is also available in the show notes, so you'll find that there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll catch you on the next episode where I'm going to try to talk about how programming in the real world is different compared to what you learn in school. All right. Bye bye, guys.